Now to growing concerns about total cases in the U.S. now top 8.4 million. You must stay at home. The new variant of coronavirus is out of control. You can't be serious, man. I hate you, 2020! Well, that was a pile of crap, I know. However, we did see some amazing tech companies emerge from the crisis. And this podcast is me going around the world talking to founders of these companies. And some of these founder stories are absolutely amazing and can't wait to share them with you. So, from San Francisco to Sydney, my name's Ben Kenwright, introducing the 2020 Entrepreneurs Club podcast. So welcome back to the 2020 Entrepreneurs Club. This week, we're headed back to San Francisco. And um, we're not meaning to do a back and forth between the UK and San Francisco. It's just sort of happened like that in recent weeks. But I mean... Hey, they come up with a lot of good tech. We have to go and talk to them, of course. Uh, and today we're talking to Igor Sheremet, who is the founder of Quor. And Igor is not actually from San Francisco. He's not even from the US. And last year when COVID struck, Igor was at home in his hometown of Moscow. His business at the time was completely disrupted by COVID. So Igor thought, well, I'm gonna start a tech company. I'm gonna to move to San Francisco and start a tech company, in fact. And that's exactly what he did in the middle of last year. He raised 700K and he's launched Quor. And they're building the team. Quor is a very exciting product and a very exciting place. So uh, they're a smart signal investment tool, essentially. Um, one of these apps that is making it easier to trade, adding in gamification and the social aspect. But this story is literally, I want to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to get on a plane and make stuff happen. And now he's got a hot product in a market that is seriously hot. So without further ado, welcoming Igor Sheremet of Quark. Welcome, Igor Sheremet. How are you? Hi, Ben. I'm really good. Really good. Yeah. Morning in San Francisco. Great. A lot of sun. Yeah, that's what you get in San Francisco, but it never gets that warm, does it? It's like a, a kind of consistent mild all year round. Yeah, I know. It's like not cold, but not hot. Average temperature. Hey, blue skies make all the difference. I think that's the reason why California is so successful in the world. They have blue skies. Puts you in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. You know, after after like all life in uh, in Moscow, when you're waking up in half, more than half of the year, I think you understand, you know what I'm talking about because... You know, and it's like always cloudy. Not sun, sun is like 30% of the year, probably. <laughs> yeah, I feel your pain. Maybe not the temperature-wise in London, but I can definitely feel your pain on, on the grey front. So, welcome to the 2020 Entrepreneurs Club podcast. Um, really, it's a great pleasure for me to be here. Thank you for <laughs> reaching me out. You are a 2020 entrepreneur. And Quor looks exciting. So tell us a little bit about what Quor is and what Quor does. So basically, uh, Quor, we're developing an app that will help new investors to, we're equipping them with knowledge about investments and uh, helping them to make the like first steps uh, in this investment world to, to like, you know, how we say, how I say it in pitch deck, you know, when I'm pitching, uh, we're help, we're educate and equip people with knowledge to, successfully invest in their future. We found this problem that uh, there was a huge like gap between people's desire to invest and real action because of lack of knowledge. So is this aimed at a high net worth individual or potentially someone who's just got a very high salary, has a few dollars lying around and, and wants to start to invest in stuff, but just doesn't know what they're doing? You know, it's for everybody who doesn't know what it is, what they're doing. Because uh, re really, if you ask like 
all of the people who almost everybody who invests in right now, uh, most of them don't know like the basics about the market. So, well, we figured out this problem because we, uh, with my co-founder Stas, we invested ourselves and uh, we understood that it's really, really hard, you know, fundamental analysis. You need to be in the market. It's like a full-time job if you want to like really make money in it. And uh, you need to know a lot of things to do. And now where uh, all these apps, they're so available, you can download and start investing from the scratch, you know, um, you it's it's even more, I, I'm not sure that's a good idea to say it's dangerous, but you know, you can lose money, but if you'll, you know, it's always, it's always like you can lose or, uh, or win, you know, it's like a gamble in the end of the day, the whole investment, more investment world, trading and so on. But if you know a little bit more, maybe you have a better chance to win. Yeah, it's softening the risk, providing the knowledge to, to make better educated gambling decisions. So you're in San Francisco. You've just mentioned that you're from somewhere far colder and grayer. Uh, so let's wind back. 2020 was when your business began. 2020 was a tumultuous year for us all. So let's go back to the start of last year when you were putting this concept together and talk us through it, the people, the concept, and how Igor from Moscow ended up on the ground in San Francisco building this great company. Uh, so it, it all started uh, actually in the beginning of 2020. So uh, me and my co-founder, Stas, we, well, he, he called me. Actually, he called me like in 2019 and said, hey, I, I have an idea uh, about the application that will help people to invest like combining TikTok and Robin Hood and so on, like swiping, scrolling, everything is easy to understand and so on. I said, whoa, man, great idea. I have a guy who's kind of investor. Let's go to him. So we, uh, we went to this guy and he, now I understand he's, he's not an investor. He's like, he's just a guy. <laughs> and it was a disaster. He like smashed us, uh, ruined the whole, like, the whole concept, said that it's never going to work. This is a bad idea. Like, and so there was no market for it and so on. And it's like, we said like, okay, may maybe it is. But we were still thinking about it, making like cause deaths and so on. And like, we decided uh, to go other way, not using like, because it's not, we don't have this um, like, you know, uh, way in Russia, for example, to go the VC funds, accelerators, th this thing just, just beginning there. And uh, we understood like, okay, let's do it. Uh, uh, how we how we want it like so we decided to um it was like 2020 beginning of 2020 we decided to start because we have a background from uh, stas had a huge background from marketing working for the biggest it companies in russia like a uh, like a brand director and so on i have experience uh, entrepreneurship experience for already 10 years i participated in ces in 2018 I launched, I founded a couple of companies uh, and uh, I, I know this part, you know, marketing, we decided to uh, found our digital creative agency. We had connections, we had people, we know how, how it works. So uh, to earn money, to put this money in development of our app in the, in the whole process. So we decided to fund it ourselves because we believe, in, we trust, it, well, believe, we believe in this idea. So. Uh, that's how we all started in the beginning of 2020. But then pandemic 
all the thing came up and we just decided where we're sitting, sitting. I remember that he calls me and says like, okay, what do you think? Like digital agency worked, worked, but it, we suddenly we realized that when the whole world stops, this is the moment where our idea is like that the best moment to start our project to get like to, to start it, to really start it. Not to be working with ideas, but start doing it. And we just, I don't know, it just happened like this, you know, bam. So this is fascinating. So, so you're in Moscow now. When When is this? Which month? Uh, I think it was, it was July. July. Okay. So, so the pandemic is, is like, it's properly underway. It, it's a thing now. It, lockdowns are happening across the world. You've probably been in lockdown for a while at this point. You've got the digital marketing, the, the digital marketing agency has been funding this venture so far. So it's profitable, it's generating revenue. And you've come to a point where you can see Quore being a, the idea that would be a thousand times bigger than, than the agency that's funding it this far. And you've come to a crossroads at this point in Moscow in July when it's probably not that cold. What's next? How does that conversation go and where does it take you? Yeah, so yeah, it's it's not so cold in July. You're right. Um, so yeah, everything is locked down, and uh, we realized that uh, agency w uh, was generating revenue, but it wasn't much as much as we needed to uh, improve the whole idea to start like the whole the course to start core, and uh, we realized that we should go you know, in more traditional Silicon Valley. I'll say like this. Uh, way and we called our friend Alex who already successfully launched his startup he founded it it's working and uh, it's, it was like start uh, it was application of the day in 140 countries a couple of times uh, in the app store it calls Mubert uh, not ads <laughs> uh, so uh, we called him and he said like hey guys you know you have a great idea I think you can raise money like easily to, to do it and that's how it all started we started we started uh, moving in this direction we opened yc uh website we found like pitch deck template and starting doing it just like step by step like they're saying like find the problem solution and so on so on so on and started pitching of course friends and family and so on and that's how we raised like our first money and it was like in august Okay, and you're still on the ground in Russia at this at this point. Yep, 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 yep. I did not even know there is a website that has like templates for slide decks and like a, a dummy's guide of, of how to raise your initial cash. Like I just went to PowerPoint. <laughs> of course, there is a thing out there for this. This is this is genius. Why didn't I think of that? Okay, so at what point you've got your slide deck? You've managed to get the initial funds raised. At what point did you get on the plane to? To San Francisco. Yeah. Um, so we started pitching. Uh, we had connections like with funds because of uh, Alex already, who already pitched him, pitched them. So uh, we sent our deck to hundreds of different angels, VCs, and so on. Got the feedback. So we had started talking with them. It wasn't like point, but a lot of them mentioned that they're they're asking, "Where are you guys? If we're targeting to U.S. market, where are you located?" And, um, you know, it, it makes more sense to, if you're doing some product for some particular market in the beginning, yeah, you're launching, it makes much more sense to be in the market, 
to understand like how people think their patterns in the to be in the whole environment to understand this context what's happening with people so that's how i basically came here so we raised first money uh i got my visa so i took a plane and flight here because still even with the COVID, all this lockdowns and so on i still believe that personal meetings like meetings in person and talks that's another vibe another energy and you can like share more uh, tell more information it's more lifestyle i know because all these zoom zooms things they're a little bit still for me it's a little bit like cringy this is interesting because you know so many conversations so far on this podcast have been about raising money from people that the entrepreneurs have never met and we're talking about the positives and negatives in that and i guess the positives are that you probably do your homework on people before you get into bed with them the investor is definitely doing their homework on the brand before they invest and in some ways by removing the the human instincts out of a face-to-face meeting you might end up with a more refined investor relationship but at the same time there's lots that you're missing out on by not doing the thing that we should naturally be doing and that's meeting face to face but I think you're the first one that actually went on a plane to ensure that you still had that interaction during the COVID time and, and I admire that because you, you, you want to go with how you feel comfortable in doing business and hey COVID isn't here forever it's not like just because people have been forming investor relations over Zoom that that's always how it's going to be it, it was a temporary measure but uh, yeah it's, in, it's really interesting to see you actually uh, push through that and think well where possible I'm going to try and meet someone from a two meter distance, of course, right? <laughs> but um, I'm sure you're still doing a million one Zoom calls all the time to investors. But yeah, it's uh, uh, I take my hat off to you for moving halfway around the world to uh, get stuck into investor relations. It was not only, as I mentioned before, it's not what wasn't only about meeting in person with investors. It's more about understanding market and uh, still, you know, people still meet in real, in real in real life even in san francisco and california because it's so weird you know when you're in california everything's locked down nothing's working people not meeting but you're if you're going like i don't know miami or texas or any other like state people are partying in the clubs yeah they chose not to do coronavirus they were like no nah, it's okay we, we, we don't we're not gonna we're not gonna take that yeah yeah it's something like that you know everybody's like, okay we're, we're in another state. It's not working with us. It, 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 that's what, what the weird part. But um, yeah, it, it, I think it's like you need to, if you're building a product for a particular market, you need to be inside of this market to understand how people think because it's different. Different. And I'm sure launching in different countries, it's different culture code, different mindset and everything. So if you want to build a successful product, you need to understand really well how people think there. Absolutely. So I always work for uh, non-UK tech brands and I launched them in the UK. And the first thing I always did was localize it. You have to have UK terminology, the date formats. If it was a US company, it was changing all of the Z's to S's in the word personalize. And, you know, all of the finer points like that, you really need to make sure you localize, but also the market insight and the knowledge. And you can only have that from being at grassroots level. And you're also showing a high degree of commitment to relocate halfway around the world during a pandemic just to make sure that you're immersed in that 
place that you're planning to do business in and really understanding the culture from from the ground up so uh could start right so we're a few months in to you being on the ground in san francisco now where are you guys at in terms of product build yeah so um we as we start we start we actually launched the company in august so we made our first release on android in november we're moving like really fast right now so it was like mvp version where you we're adding trading functions so basically it will be like educational trading and social aspects inside our app so and um first part of it so you get insights about the markets from professional traders who are working part-time on us so like signals which are powered by ai which taking their signals and like you know scaling it improving it so you're receiving card with insight news and some tests about basic knowledge of the market so you can download the app like the first version came up in on android as i mentioned before in november so then we launched our ios version in the end of december just before christmas i think so right now we're uh, on the stage where we're we're adding uh different features we're like surveys tests more educational aspects there we're adding trading so we're already testing it on our back end we're getting obtaining licenses like ria license to uh, become a registered entity here as an investment advisor so that's kind of our and we have like a lot of upcoming features there in future like profiles open portfolio so you can share and compete with your friends who is the better investor customize your avatar with some insane i don't know caps eyeglasses and so on so i want to build this educational kind of entertainment it's like sofi social financing with education and uh yeah we're, we're moving pretty fast we're we're doing really great so download it and uh, you can see the, our design and all the stuff we're targeting like this more younger generation right now making it easier sounds fascinating i mean the gamification aspect of traditional and conventional digital avenues has been around for a while now i've seen gamification in running sales teams i've seen gamification in finance and it's certainly a thing that isn't just for kids um, and I, I think moving forwards, if you want to appeal to the new breed of investors coming through, then you're going to have to put stuff out like this. So I can't wait to actually see the product. However, if you are appealing to that kind of new wave of investors coming through, it's generally people that have less money. So what kind of entry point do we have here monetarily? How much money do I need in the bank to, to get onto Quora as a platform and start making investments? Yeah, uh, so uh, there is no, no, not much, you know, starting from dollar or whatever, because you can, right now, there is a lot of different financial uh, instruments, like fractional shares, ETFs, it doesn't matter. It's, you just need to start doing it. You know, you need to, you, need, you don't need like thousands of dollars to make your first steps. You need to start like from few $10, you know, $50, $1, whatever, going, going and uh, buy shares of your favorite companies. That's it. That's it. There is no no reason like to. You need to start from something, understand how it works, and then put more money in it if you want to. Okay, so currently that type of financial consumer, can we call them? So let's say it's me and I've got 500 bucks in the bank and I, I want to have a play around with something interesting. We've had Forex for years. You can go on eToro. 
Uh, you, there's other apps trading two one two. There's loads of them now, right? I can start. I can go on my iPhone now and buy shares in Netflix with with two hundred bucks. Okay, so is are the type of in, indexes that you see within Quart an alternative to that, or do you have a lot of the same investment routes as these other apps, but you just you guys do it in a different way? Uh, yeah, of course. You know, you have like pretty much pretty limited uh, financial like instruments in the whole in the whole you know in any app in any world. So, uh, what are we doing? We're like, as I said before, we're educating and opening new features for you. So you're not you won't be able to use like for example margin trading, which a lot of companies are uh, making money on. You're not you won't be able to use margin trading before you reach some kind of level. So basically, we're we're giving will give same instruments uh, for investments, like same stocks, like some, probably crypto in future and so on, but uh, in a different way, totally different way. So you'll have them, you'll have the same instruments, but differently. Okay, and this different way is the user experience and the gamification aspect, the avatar, the, the competition that I can have with uh, friends and, and acquaintances who, who are in this app so is that what makes you different uh not only like you know it's not only gamification and all the stuff it's um it's combination of all of that uh it's more about uh you know intelligent investing education and gamification like social aspects yeah there are not much apps right now who equips you with knowledge there's not much there there are they are there but they're not combined like we're building it. What's the difference? So our users can generate content themselves inside our app. So if you're like validated by us, like you're showing us that you're for three months, for example, your portfolio is growing, you can share your strategy in live streams inside our app on your profile. Also, you will receive this personalized feed. So when I'm saying like we've combined TikTok and Robinhood, we actually like will show you news and uh, trends about the this industries and this Mara stocks which you like like which you like you want to follow you like this industries you want like change the uh, one to be updated with them. So there are a lot of a lot of um, things like following different portfolios, sharing, and so on. Yeah, so the community led aspect too as well. I like it. Who's your competition in this space? Uh, for now, of course, everybody will say Robin Hood, obviously, because they're the big, the biggest guys. And, uh, you know, if, uh, people are saying that they're like, maybe not, not a good time for them, but you know, getting a couple billion dollars in a couple of days, I think that's not the bad thing for your company. There are also a lot of apps in this space, like Acorn, Stash, uh, which are also helping people to invest now, particularly like our audience. But, um, now I think it's uh, public. They have this uh, social aspect. They have uh, trading. You can follow some. Uh, you can follow uh, interesting people like celebrities and so on. Their portfolios. I think uh, for now they they are main competitor for us. But uh, the, the, you know, trading space it's it's very wide, but same time small. So if you're targeting different audience, doing different things. So speaking of Robin Hoods. You did point something out to me when we spoke briefly before called Robin Who. Quite an interesting uh, little experiment you have on a website called Product Hunt. So 
talk us through product hunt how it tied into the original concept and yeah i'd, I'd like to re-explore the the robin who thing that you guys are doing because it has made me chuckle uh yeah so product hunt um as i mentioned before we launched uh on it just before christmas i think like like core actually and uh i want to share this with uh, everybody any startups who are thinking about found uh, founding something some company or in it space and not even in it space it's a very good platform to show the world to the world what you're doing there is a very strong community there of uh, founders ceos and people who are in tech and um it can bring you a lot of value. So for example, we launched, we got 3000 app votes and uh, we became like in top three uh, apps of the day inside of uh, Product Hunt. And we also became second app of the week. Yeah. And we um, uh, we, were, we got in their like newsfeed. They're sending this uh, newsfeed to a lot of people. And actually we were thinking about obtaining like more users on our platform from this, like organically and so on building this viral viral effect but also we get, we start I started receiving a lot of calls from uh, top VC funds so we started talking about next stage next round and so on so uh, for everybody who's building a startup I recommend it I highly recommend to put their product over there on product hunt it's really helpful uh, so yeah when the whole thing with Robin Hood came up the uh, nobody knows what um, what happened? People are in uh, in rage. What they're doing? These guys are bad or good? I'm I'm not like saying they're bad or good, but um, we found this opportunity to uh, attract more attention to a problem of uh, lack of knowledge uh, in people. And we've like in one night we just uh, made this joke project, uh, like Robin Who, Robin You, and so on. It's not it's nothing about like robin hood or something it's kind of it's it's more about uh taking more attention to people to uh to understand how to invest how to do trading and so on but yeah it was like it was a funny joke and it's we, we just launched it and it's you know it's exploded <laughs> yeah so to, to describe this to listeners on product hunt you guys have uh, well, put together a concept called robin who which is a fake concept essentially and it's uh, a symbol of a bum and or some fingers up. So now I can't really make it out. You're going to have to check this out for yourself. It's Robin Who on ProductHunt.com. But this is similar to like Reddit, right? So whatever you post in the morning, people will upvote and downvote. And you've been upvoted into the top three on that day with Quora. And that's what led to you receiving all of these calls from VCs, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you put this fake concept out, this joke called Robin Who, and it's been upvoted at time of recording 3,120 times. Uh, and that's showcasing how easy it is to be led into something that's fake, right? Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, you know, actually a lot of people are, uh, if you read comments, they're, they're asking like, oh my God, you're really doing that? <laughs> this Is it the real app? And so on. So, But it's just a part of our, like, uh, program like to attract more attention to the problem but yeah it's you, you can't do it you know it's it's like like when uh, the funny story or like a joke like exploding and people are starting noticing it and making like it, today i got I received like um notification in linkedin that one guy even wrote about us in, the, in his linkedin that oh my god just check this out so well uh, and it, it brought a lot of uh, some some attention not a lot of uh, some attention from uh 
media so we're in build we're, we're we're even already have been interviewed a couple of times about robin who <laughs> so it's yeah it's it's cool thing uh use use it <laughs> well it's a typical 2020 entrepreneur marketing stunt really like we can't go anywhere we can't do anything so how can we get creative sitting at home not only create the business but also create ways in which to market it i mean i started a podcast your one seems like it would have probably been a bit less work but uh maybe i'll do that next time it, it seems a better use of time and it, this coming back to that narrative of being careful online if you're in a, you're an inexperienced investor come via the core platform because it's providing you with the knowledge, the community aspects, and having a bit of fun along the way whilst you learn to invest. Yeah, yeah, it is. So we we're basically started our Discord community also. We're in the development process. So we launched. We have, we have a lot of value inside our app. We're providing people with professional insights, uh, like uh, market news, all the trends. You already can receive it. Soon we'll be able to trade inside of a platform. But uh, yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting. We're uh, building community also because we want to discuss some things with our with our users. You know, we want to we don't want them to feel like when the time of crisis is coming, and they're like you know from time to time a lot of financial crisis were through my life, and there will be more of them. I don't want to, we our our goal is like to not to for for not let people to feel abandoned when this is happening. We're not only about okay, put your money inside our app and buy as much as you can. Buy, sell, do it. We'll we'll get some money from it. It's more about like really responsibility when you're doing something like this. Responsible investment, and people should know what are they doing, and you can discuss it with us directly right now. Yeah, and I think you need to have that if you're going to attract and retain the new breed of investors out there. And I think you guys forming this community feel around it and making it fun and interesting is in a weird way, humanizing it more through a digital product. Uh, and I think that's the very clever part. So what's next? What's next on the roadmap for product build? What's next on the roadmap for funding? And when can I come in and uh, lose some money, win some money, obviously? <laughs> We're not talking about Robin Who. That's that's the other app. <laughs> I just mean I'm notoriously bad at anything to do with stocks, shares, forex, gambling. So I tend to try and stick to more conventional ways of money, making money. But all jokes aside, when can I as a user come in and deposit a few hundred bucks or a few thousand if, if Bubba's done well that month and, and get started? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> um, according to our roadmap, I think you'll be able to start trading inside our app in the uh, next few months already. So we're getting licensed we're moving we're doing good doing good interesting things there are a lot of uh updates in our uh app we have like roadmap already is written like for uh, for a year and a half so we have like each month upcoming features so soon you'll be able like to share your strategies some videos we already have you can share some insights from our app uh in in like any other social network and uh so on so next step next next step for us is uh we're starting our seed stage round seed round right now like uh, next week so uh we plan to raise money and uh improve it uh, improve the product and uh build all the things that i told you about like profile like customized profile 
because uh, you know we want everybody wants to be like kind of unique. So you can you can be inside our app too. So building this, um, we had a huge plan of gamification where it actually will be a game. We already uh, got, have it uh, in Miro. So like a mind map, how do you like step by step? And uh, you you can we will become more uh, more. Uh, uh, you'll get more knowledge about investments. So. Yeah, everything of this is upcoming right now. So uh, next stage to close seed round and uh, move on, speed up. You know, we don't want to like put gas on fire. <laughs> we don't want to like, we're moving fast. So we need to just increase. So here's an interesting question, maybe a more in-depth question. But do you think by building a product that is there to attract and retain the new wave of investors, the newer generation that's coming through, do you think in some ways by doing that, you will eliminate the older demographic of the status quo guys? And is that just the way it has to be in order to make a modern finance product like this that's going to be future-proof? So um, we're not eliminating <laughs> anybody. Uh, we're not, uh, as I said before, our product is for everybody. Like you can, you can be early in if i correct me if i'm wrong i mean like I, if i understood your question wrong but um you can be first time investor in in 40 on in 50s in, in any year age so it's more about uh building something else not the way it was before so that's that the idea for now yeah i don't mean intentionally eliminating them i mean generally would someone who's older think that find gamification or, or find this type of very modern technology user experience frightening is it too modern but in some ways if you're trying to appeal to everyone are you going to ruin the concept of that's true that's true yeah i know okay now i understand what you're saying um you know that's that's how that how it works i mean that's how the world works every every you need to be if you're building a product you need to understand who's your target audience so you're building it for for your audience and uh that's how marketing works it's impossible to build something for uh uh for everybody it's it's possible to build something for everybody like tiktok or something like that we'll try we'll try but uh yeah you're right we're not eliminating you know you never know who likes who like maybe older older people will like it too yeah it's a little bit complicated maybe for them but that's how the world works you know ask your parents uh like about some give them give them the phone and say like okay check this out it's TikTok or something I don't know. Do you think I would even bother Igor? That sounds like the hardest job in the world to try and explain the concept of TikTok. But hey, you're right. It's that saying you can't please all of the people all of the time. And yes, you're right. In order to make something that's future proof, then you can't try and appeal to every demographic. But often products that do that and they master their target market will bring in other audiences as well, just by default, because they become the hottest uh, within that sector. The only reason I ask a question like that is because finance is still one of those sectors where there's a lot of status quo. It's just the way it's always been done. Investment is done this way. And yes, there's been lots of challenger products over the years, uh, but they really were challenger based. And hey, I'm not the biggest expert in, in disruptive 
fintech products, but it was more of them coming onto mobile, being able to invest small amounts of money. And now you guys are taking it one step further, but that's the only way you're gonna keep modernizing a stuffy sector by disrupting and, and questioning the way things are done. So I think what you guys are doing is, is exactly right. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Yeah, that's true, that's true. But uh, if, you're, if you'll watch, it's, you know, it's a process of evolution of uh, financial apps. I think it, it is like that. So furthermore, like trading platforms, they're still working, people are still working, work, working in them. And it's like all this scales, uh, candles, all this stuff, all the information, just check it. It's like, it's a, it's for me, it's like pretty complex to complicated to understand. And then people starting like making applications, which are making it easier, easier, but it's basically the same thing. Making applications that make it easier. Yeah. So uh, before, first there were like people who are calling, you know, on the stock exchange and buying stocks like on the phone and uh, making writing orders and so on. Then computers came up here, like trading platforms, and then applications, then uh, applications which like uh, make it easier to invest. But it's basically same thing, but put it in a like more uh, in mobile way. And uh, it, it should be like that. So fi social financing came up and uh, it's like, it's improving never stops. It's like evolution uh, process here. And um, all this uh, like meme stock situation, Leah showed that uh, it's not like, like it was before, it's changing. And I'm sure that the whole market also will change. We're like on the edge of a new era and we nobody knows where it will go because this um, this thing with uh, robin hood and uh, reddit it uh, showed us that things are changing and it's not only hedge funds who can who can move markets and uh, get money but if people are like united with only one idea so they can do do it like opposite thing they, they can move market. And this thing brings more like smaller problems coming coming up. And uh, I think everything will change right now. This is the, the, like the moment where the whole FinTech will change. And do you think that is a direct, it has a direct correlation with 2020? I mean, 2020 has been the catalyst for change of lots of sectors. And it certainly disrupted finance and the way things are done. But do you think 2020 itself was the start of that change or it's just accelerating that change? I think it was like it accelerated it because people were people are going online, moving to online each year more and more. But, you know, when uh, the whole world was locked down, we have no other options, no other choice like to do that, to be online. And that's just accelerated the whole thing. People starting keep uh, they, they've been always online they started being online always in their this chats and so on and that just uh, make the thing to explode to, to show up yeah i think you're right I, I think it's the accelerator for so many changes and a lot of them are good um there's been some sectors and industries that have been decimated by this and i i really feel for them and there's but at the same time there's some industries that have had to change really quickly and although it was painful at the, at the start i think they're going to be thankful of it uh, you know a few years down the road so on that what over the last 12 months of building this business to where it is now 
What's been the biggest silver lining for you? The biggest plus point of the COVID situation? Uh, the biggest uh, for me was like, you know, I, we just realized that, uh, and I hope, I, I know, not hope, I know that a lot of entrepreneurs do this, realize the thing too. That's why we have this whole bunch of new startups came up. And uh, people understood that there is no reason to wait for something. There is no reason, reason to wait or to try. You need to do. That's the main thing that I realized. I, was, I realized that I, I knew it before, but, you know, when you're, it's like this pandemic strikes you, you just realize that, okay, everything is moving. We need to act, not to wait for the best moment. And that's, you know, and uh, also um, what was open for me, like that every, all this like lockdown, all this, all this stuff, uh, like people scared, uh, people are not actually scared where I realized that, but people, uh, people scaring themselves because what I see, everybody was saying that it is impossible to get to United States or something like that to, to travel. All planes are canceled. You know, you're opening any app with uh, aggregator with, with flight tickets. Bang, you have, you can find flights everywhere. Everything is working. Maybe there are less planes and so on. But the thing here is like, if you're, if you're doing something, you know, you you you'll succeed. Like I'm not sure um, about uh, sitting. I'm sure about that. Sitting sitting on the place and waiting for a better moment uh, is not the thing. Really, really is not the thing. Can you find a better moment to start a business when everything stops? <laughs> I think it was the best year to start a business. Like not only were we sitting around with nothing to do. Uh, yeah. And we're able to do so much in this age via a laptop. But stuff was cheaper. I mean, we it was a buyer's market. Everything from our office space to our website to initial product development. A lot of this stuff was at half the price. When we started hiring, the talent pool was better. We got good talent for probably slightly less than we would have done before. Or good talent that we wouldn't have access to before as a startup. So it, for me, it was the best possible year to start a business. But hey, Igor, you're the first one that's kind of said the biggest silver lining is life's too short. Well, the realization that life's too short. And that's what it's about. Why wait? It, you know, you, you never had such a good opportunity at, than you did by sitting at home, thinking of an idea and realizing that there's no reason to not do it now. And to everyone that's listening in 2021 as well, things haven't changed. I mean, hopefully we're normalizing. We're recording this on the 18th of February. Um, but, you know, by the time we're coming into March, April, things hopefully are normalizing around the world. But we've still had a huge reset. The world is about to go into a huge stage of recovery. So if you've got any ideas cooking, fuck it, why wait? Push the button, life is too short. Have yeah, Igor's words ringing in your ear whilst you do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so something I asked at all the 2020 entrepreneurs, Igor, uh, people able to reach out to on LinkedIn, other aspiring entrepreneurs. Yeah, you can connect to everybody. Me too. Like, write me. I'll answer. You certainly have uh, some very interesting experience so far. I'm sure you can said shed wisdom on many areas of tech startup land. And hey, this is what it's about. I, it's a consistent conversation on the podcast about how generally entrepreneurs are really willing to help. 
especially startups because they're going through all of these pains themselves. So yes, I, I will share your details afterwards, but Igor, Sheremet, look him up and uh, definitely take a look at Robin Who if, uh, if you'd like a, a giggle but on producthunt.com. So Igor, before we sign off, what's the next five years have in store for Quar? What's the dream? Uh, the dream? IPO uh, became the biggest fintech company in the world, of course. Amen to that. Make our own fund, VC, and uh, move on. And of course, to fly to the space, you know, that's, why, that's my, 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 my dream, you know, to buy a ticket to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I love this ambition, Igor, and I love the fact that you're kind of parting words of wisdom. Uh, 2020 made you realize life is too short, so let's just get this done. Thank you very much. That was a very enjoyable conversation and I look forward to speaking to you again. Yeah, it was a great pleasure, Ben. Thank you so much. Everybody subscribe to Entrepreneurship Club 2020. Cheers, Igor. Well, I love that story. Sheer determination, driving results. I want to start this business, so I'm going to. I think I should do it in San Francisco, so I'm going to move there. And raising 700k using templated slide decks and having that good concept and the passion, just doing really scrappy, disruptive things. But my biggest takeaway was asking Igor's biggest silver lining moment and essentially him saying, well, noticing that life is too short, time moves too quick. And it's so true. I know we all know this, but you don't want your idea to be a what if one day. You know, you've got to jump on it. You've got to seize the opportunity, strike when the iron's hot. And amazing to see what you can achieve when you really put your mind to it and go for it. And yeah, can't wait to watch these guys uh, on their path to success. Do check out Quar, very cool brand. Head over to Quar.com. That's Q-U-O-R-E.com. Do ensure you join us this time next week. We are headed over to India. Uh, India is a massively exciting tech hub, uh, fastest growing tech hub on earth. Uh, they're in the top four when it comes to investor capital into tech. And they've got unicorns emerging from that place galore. And we're going to be talking to a future one, of course. So make sure you join us this time next week on the 2020 Entrepreneur Club podcast.